0: Schalem perakdalah Mishnah four six. In the previous mission, we began to go off topic of Schalem and talk about how to deal with the Katoris that was left over and the process of sort of deconsecrating and then reconsecrating it with the new year's Schalem. So we're really following the same thought and theme here, but we're talking about a new case, and this case actually will be the setup for the next several Mishnayas, where a person is hamaktish nechasav, a person. Consecrates his property, let's say this person gives his entire estate or whatever, the contents of this room, it doesn't make a difference. Amongst the various things that he consecrates, meaning he's maktash, he gives the base of Mikdash, are items that are, I'll translate literally here, are fitting to serve as karbonos hatzebuar, things that can be offered on behalf of the community. I'll come back to that specific point in a minute. But the idea in general is this that when a person consecrates something, he can kind of do it in two basic ways. Either he can invest it with what's referred to as Kedusha's Mammon, financial sanctity, if you will. That's what I translate more typically as intr- excuse me, extrinsic Kedusha. So it's not that the, when I have my pen and I want to give it to the base of Mikdash and I the it, I consecrate it. So the pen is now invested with kadusha. And it belongs to the base of mikdash, but the kedusha is called kedushas mamon. It's the value of the pen. The, put, the pen is put to um, in a category called berekabayis for the purpose of the upkeep of the base of mikdash. And therefore, what the base of English will do is, since either they need a pen for their guest book and they'll use the pen as is, or they have no use for a pen, they have 100 pens already. So then they will monetize the pen. They'll put it up on their eBay website and they will sell the pen and then. With the proceeds that they receive, so the pen becomes deconsecrated, and the Kedusha that was invested in the pen now is invested in the money which was received for the purchase of the pen. So the pen then goes out to chulin, and someone else can use the pen for his whatever purpose he wants. And the value of the pen then is now um, what ends up in the hands of the base of English to use as it see fit. The other category is as instead of Kedushas Mamon, is called Kedushas Haguf, in intrinsic um, sanctification. And that is where something is in and of itself consecrated and under normal circumstances can't be deconsecrated. It's not just about the value. And here we're talking about the first category. So that means a person is saying, all my stuff, I want to go to the of HaMekdash so they can do with it as they see fit, meaning bedekah bias. And the basic assumption is that they will either make use of the objects if they have use for them, or they'll just monetize them and take the value. The thing is, there's a separate rule all to itself. And the rule is, if someone has maktish an item, and that item is eligible to go on the mizbeach, it can go on the altar. Um, so then the rule is, it has to end up on the altar. We don't want it to get, um, it's, it's inappropriate that something that could have ended up on the altar doesn't get there. Even though we're not talking about Kedusha's haguf, we're talking about someone which is... There's a better kabbayit, but still, um, it's got to end up on the altar. And the truth is, actually, the truth, truth is, we'll get more into the next club mishnahs. Nice. There's actually an isr from the Torah to say consecrate a a cow or a goat or a sheep or something to be um, for a better kabbayis. It should be said as a korban. Um, but anyways, but if a person does do that, so then we'll deal with the problems. Now, the way that our is set out, it sounds like on first blush, we're talking about anything that could be for a of sibar. It sounds like cows, goats, and sheep, as well as um, oil and flour and wine as well as incense. Now, the Bartunur does say that it comes to include both incense as well as wine, oil, and flour. However, many object strongly to that. It seems to fly in the face of the Moran Crisus. Um, it also seems to be redundant as much as the next two Mishnayas will deal with animals and flour, oil, and wine or what to do with them. Um, so therefore, um, the Bartonor, notwithstanding, most understand that the of Mishnah here is specifically where there are ingredients that could be used in the estate and those ingredients that are in the estate that could could be used for the making of the incense in the base of Miklashah, one of those 11 ingredients. And that's why it's actually referred to over here as Tevaram um, Ruyin le Carbonos Tzibor. It's specifically Carbonos Tzibor because... While all the other items I listed, like the animals and the flour and oil and wine, um, could be used as carbonos tibor, they could also be used for private offering, not just for communal offerings. In contrast, incense only can be used um, in uh, carbonos tibor in the communal setting. There's no such thing as a private incense offering. Um, so that being the case, so the... Simple understanding here, Barton, notwithstanding, is a person has an estate or some contents, he sanctifies it all with Bede Kabayis. Included in it are ingredients that could be used for the making of the incense, which could end up in the altar, meaning the altar, the the inner altar, the Mizbech the golden altar in the, in the Kodesh. And therefore, we want to follow the rule of ensuring that these ingredients end up on the altar. But they're not... Incense, not even consecrated with the kadusha of incense, but we still have to engineer a way that they end up on the altar. So, what we're going to do is something kind of similar to the previous Mishnah, or perhaps according to Ben Azai and the halacha, exactly, essentially, exactly like the previous Mishnah. We're going to find a way to invest that to deconsecrate this in- incense ingredient and then reconsecrate it with the kadusha that we need of this year's Machs Shekel to be eligible to be used as carbon sibur. So, the first shita is shita of Rabbi Kiva, and he says the process is actually a lot simpler than the process of the previous Mishnah. We can simply give this incense ingredient to the artisans who make the incense in the base of mikdash as their wage, because that's what normal bedekah bias is put to, whatever financial needs you have in the base of mikdash, including paying wages, for argument's sake, and that in and of itself will deconsecrate it. And as Rabbi Kiva holds, that when it comes that the paying of wages to these in the in the base mikdash for the upkeep and function of the base mikdash is an act in and of itself which will deconsecrate um, something which is Ketushas bias. That's a chiddush, a big chiddush. Um But anyways, that's what Rabbi Kiva holds, and therefore he says simply you have a two step process. Step one, ye not besacharan. You will give that ingredient that was received as part of the estate when it was consecrated um, to the workers, the umlin who the artisans who make the incense as their wage, that deconsecrates it, and now they're just holding with these spices in their hands. And then, although it's not spoken out here in the Mishnah, Rebbe Kiva also holds that you'll then repurchase them, those ingredients from the workers, with Mahsa shekel money from this year's batch, this is true of mach shekel. Divir Rebbe Kiva. Armalo ben, Aze. ben Aze says no Enohi Hamida. That's not the rubric, that's not the, the, the game plan, that's not the way it applies. You can't just simply deconsecrate these spices by giving them as wages, even if you're their wages for artisans in the base of Mikdash. Um, Rabbi Kiva's Limun from a pasuk, Vasli Mikdash doesn't doesn't uh, he rejects it. And therefore he says, Ella rather the process is really the same as the process of the previous Mishnah. Step one of the four-step process, is mafrisht mehen schar haomnen, you separate from it the wages of the workers, the it here, like the previous Mishnah, is from the coins, machzah shekel coins, so first you take coins, you separate them for the wages, and designate them as the wages of the base of Mikdash, and that will deconsecrate the coins, okay, so in contrast, Rabbi Kiva says you don't even need that step, and some actually learn Rabbi Kiva rejects that in the previous Mishnah also, but either way, Renazi says, well, it can work for the machzah shekel coins, because when they were collected... It was conditional that they'd be able to deconsecrate them in such a way. Not true. When the spices were invested with the Kedusha to just pay them as wages, that's not good enough to deconsecrate the spices. says Benazi. And therefore, step one, separate coins, designate them to be wages that will deconsecrate them and other unconsecrated coins. Second step is, Second of all, you take the spices that are carrying Bedeq Abayzik's and you will deconsecrate them onto the coins that you selected from the machzah shekel. Now, step three, you have deconsecrated spices, you've removed the Kedushas Mammon from them, you'll now use these deconsecrated spices to pay the wages of the artisans, and finally, and then you'll use coins from this year's Truma from this year's machzah shekel to purchase those ingredients from the umanim, the workers, the artisans in the base of mikdash, and therefore they're invested with the proper kedusha as every copper and silver ingredient has to be from the machzah shekel, and you've created a way now where you have essentially recycled these incense ingredients, but they'll end up back on the mizbeach and with the proper kedusha of. Machs the Shekel for corporate and as opposed to the private collusion invested by an individual, a better Halacha is like Benazai, so you do know the full four step process.